Thank you for joining us today. This is Expository Insights with Pastor Lyle Wall. Today we are moving on in John's Gospel to the Good Friday account, reflecting on Jesus' words, It is finished. We will look at a variety of views on these words, then Jesus' view. Each of the four Gospels God has given us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit records Jesus' crucifixion. We are currently in a series in the Gospel of John, and will read and focus on that account. I will read John chapter 19, verses 16 through 30. You may follow in your own Bible or the text in the bulletin for this service if you have that. John chapter 19 starting at verse 16. So he, Pilate, then handed him over to them to be crucified. They took Jesus, therefore, and he went out, carrying his own cross, to the place called the place of a skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two other men, one on either side, and Jesus in between. Now Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It was written, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Therefore many of the Jews read this inscription, because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews were saying to Pilate, Do not write, The King of the Jews, Rather write that he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his outer garments and made four parts, a part to each soldier, and the tunic also. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece. So they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but cast lots for it, to decide whose it shall be. This happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. They divided my garments among themselves, and they cast lots for my clothing. Therefore the soldiers did these things. Now beside the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own household. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished, in order that the scripture would be fulfilled, said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was standing there, so they put a spongeful of the sour wine on a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit.
as Jesus died on the cross, he called out, It is finished. When it comes to the crucifixion portrayed in art, one writer suggests, The single most recognizable image of a death is that of Christ on the cross. The range of ways in which Christ's death has been depicted is vast. Styles vary from realistic and literal to abstract and imagined, taking shape in sculpture, painting, drawing, woodwork, and much more. In some, he is surrounded by mourners, onlookers, and hecklers. Others place him alone or in an entirely unrelated locale. When it comes to words, one writer paints the scene like this. Carnival crowds gape and game curse-laden hours away, while on the far fringe his companions bewail their smitten shepherd, slave-priced master, lost way. But one nearby thief sees the light of the world before mercy's dark curtain shrouds earth as he pays the blood wage of sin. From the Savior's cross his exultant shout, It is finished, quakes the earth, rips temple veil. Day redawns and a Roman centurion exclaims, Truly this was the Son of God. Others stifle yawns as they prance away, glad too that it is finished, once for all. Jesus' final words before he died, It is finished. Those who heard that cry may have thought it was strange. Last words, they may remind us, often have great meaning, at least for the dying person. But what did he mean? Was he finished trying to fight off death? He certainly could not be referring to his great plans and work, could he? After all, he is dying. On this Good Friday, we are reflecting on this cry of Jesus on the cross. It is finished. The Gospels record the reflections, the responses of a number of people to Jesus' shout. There was a wide variety of reflections. First, those who passed by this gruesome sight shook their heads as a graphic and deliberate display of ridicule. They mocked him with abuse. You made great claims. You were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. And now, just a few nails keep you helplessly pinned to that cross. If you really are the Son of God, come down from the cross. It's finished. Finally. It's over. Another would-be Messiah proven wrong and gone. Then the religious leaders who had longed, planned, and worked for this moment shared those thoughts. He saved others, but he can't even save himself. He's the Son of God? Well then, let's see him jump down from that cross in perfect health. It is finished. No more blasphemy from this deceiving charmer who led many away from following us. We move on to the two thieves crucified with Jesus who joined in. He's the Messiah. 
he's going to die just like we are. It's finished. Later, as time slowly, painfully dragged on, one of the two saw, believed, and received the light and life of Christ. Finally, many followers of Jesus had dispersed, disappeared into the crowds. We saw and heard so many amazing things. We were so sure. It's almost impossible to believe, but now it's finished. Our hopes and dreams are gone. It is finished. There were some supporters who stood at a distance, out of plain sight, and watched. Of the disciples, John is the only one recorded as being at the cross. Then added to those there, then, down through the years, some critics have suggested that Jesus' cry was a cry of defeat, admitting he had failed, that he was disillusioned. So now his life and all his ideas, plans, and work were over. Finished. What did Jesus mean when he shouted, It is finished. What was his view in those last moments before he died? Let's turn to the Bible's view. Jesus' view of this time. These words. These words of Jesus are actually the one word he spoke, which takes us three words to express in English, speak of bringing something to a close, to finish, to fulfill, or complete. The Apostle John used the word twice two verses earlier, here in chapter 19, as he tells us Jesus knew he had accomplished everything to fulfill the Scripture when he said, I am thirsty. Completed, fulfilled, finished, accomplished. Jesus used another form of this word in chapter 4 when he said, his food was to accomplish, to fulfill or complete the Father's work. He said the same thing again in chapter 5. Then in chapter 17, Jesus used it when he said he had accomplished the work the Father gave him to do, and used it once more as he prayed that his disciples would be perfected in unity, or be made complete in unity. And now his final words on the cross are, It is finished. To see, to understand Jesus' meaning of these words, we must start with looking back. Back to before God created us and our world. You see, the Bible refers to those whose name has not been written since or before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb, to speak of those who die in their natural, sinful state inherited from Adam. God in his purity, his holiness, cannot accept sin and must, will judge all sin and sinners. But in his love, grace, and mercy, God did not abandon us. God's plan for saving us through Jesus, for Jesus dying on the cross for us, is part of his eternal plan, 
before he created all that exists. The Apostle Paul wrote that God chose each believer in Christ before the foundation of the world. The meaning starts to build with God's promise after Adam and Eve sinned, with the promise of one who would come, be bruised on the heel by Satan, referring to Christ's death on the cross, but that Christ would bruise Satan on the head, referring to Christ's death paying for our sins that sealed Satan's judgment. It is finished. His words included the path of Philippians chapter 2, which tells us that, as Christ already existed in the form of God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death death on a cross. Jesus did not cling to all his eternal, heavenly privileges and rights. His path to it is finished was the path of the greatest humility ever. These words also marked the end of his suffering for us. The physical, emotional, weight of the world's sin on him suffering. Before Jesus came to Jerusalem this last time, Mark's Gospel tells us, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request? he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right, and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh yes, they replied, we are able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. It is finished. The deepest, most bitter suffering ever is finished. His death also finished the provision of the fountain of grace available to all for salvation through him. Paul pictures it like this. God saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we did in righteousness, but in accordance with His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He richly poured out upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Or, in His short version, to the point words, by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. It is finished. The fountain of grace 
freely, fully flows from Jesus because of what he did on that cross. It is also the final sacrifice. No other sacrifice is required, could take its place or add to it. The New Testament book of Hebrews tells us, But Jesus, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. For by one offering he has perfected, or made complete, for all time those who are sanctified. Yes, it is finished. It is finished. The roughly cut beams of Jesus' cross crossed over the infinitely deep canyon of hell. The bridge from sin, death, and hell to holiness, life, and heaven was complete. Jesus' dying words were not a weary moan of defeat, nor a quiet whisper of resignation. His final words were not, I am finished, but it is finished. Yes, his final word was a seismic shout of victory. It is finished. This is a statement of victory, of truth with universal, eternal significance, and also of immeasurable personal significance for every one of us. I trust that most of us have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, have been freed from sin and its judgment to life and freedom, and yet sometimes we feel like we are not good enough, aren't doing enough, can never be or do enough to please God and so may wonder, am I really going to be with God forever? Jesus answers, it is finished. I have completed all that needs to be done for you. It is finished. Every person who has come to God, recognizing Him as the sovereign, holy, and loving God who cannot accept sin and must judge all sin and sinners, who also recognizes that he or she is not perfect, sinless, but has sinned, and so faces God's judgment, and then recognizes that God provided a way. Jesus, who took all our sins on himself and paid the penalty in full, and so asks God in faith to forgive, to accept and give him life now and forever with him, can shout with Jesus, It is finished can know that life with God now and forever in heaven is certain. Yes, as one writer tells us, never before and never after was ever spoken one word which contains and means so much. It is the shout of the mighty victor, and who can measure the depths of this one word? You may have not yet accepted Jesus as your Savior accepted his complete, finished work for you. Isn't it time for you to really consider and make that decision? A man said he once saw a pamphlet titled, The Seven Togethers. It's about seven things every believer has which are, it calls, 
seven links of a golden chain that binds us indissolubly to Christ. They are, we are crucified together with Christ. We have been quickened or made alive together with Christ. We have been raised together with Christ. We have been seated together with Christ in heavenly places. We are sufferers together with Christ. We are heirs together with Christ. We shall be glorified together with Christ. This is true of every one of us who have placed our faith in Christ. It is finished. May our response today be to bow before God in reverent awe, self-examination, and worship. Kneel before God to give Him our most sincere thanks. Raise our hearts and voices in praise. Move out with God, renewed, rededicated. Bow with me now in prayer. God, our loving, gracious Heavenly Father, thank you that Jesus' finished work on Calvary accomplished all that was needed for us to be forgiven of our sins, to be given your everlasting life now and then with you in heaven. We cannot plumb the depths of your great love, of Jesus' sacrifice, and all that you have provided for us, but from the depths of our hearts. We thank you. Help us to always remember this. Help us to have this in our minds as we prepare for celebrating Christ's resurrection on Easter. We pray in the name of our loving and all-powerful Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen.